is the Accidental Safety Pro live at the 2019 National Safety Congress and Expo in beautiful San Diego. My name is Jill James, Vivid's Chief Safety Officer, and today I'm joined by Tom Ander Jeske, who is the Safety Director with Hunt Electric Corporation. Thanks, Jill. So I got past the hardest part was your... Which For was pronouncing your, my name? Yeah, your name pronunciation, and I thought I had it, but I oh. sort of stumbled. Did I do okay? Oh, you nailed it. It was great. Ander Jeske. Got it. Now I'm going to be like saying it in my dreams, probably. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm so happy to have you here. As a fellow Minnesotan, thanks for coming all the way to San Diego so that you and I could talk to one another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we want to actually discuss how I became the accidental safety pros, accidental... Accidental po- guest? Pod- podcast guest? I think we probably should because this is... The, you were like the last minute booking. Well, we were at, well, we were at the gate together, and I just said hi, and mm-hmm. and you said, "Hey, what are you doing at, you know, at whatever, MSB, whatever time yeah. it is right now?" And I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. So. so Tom and I know one another a little bit from our shared safety histories. Our paths cross once in a while, and they crossed again this week at the airport. And so I'm like, oh. Tom, I don't have Tom's story, and so I'm so happy to have you here. So thanks for coming all the way on the plane with me to San Diego accidentally, <laughs> and here we are to share a story. So Tom, uh, as as you are familiar with the podcast, uh, the Accidental Safety Pro is a pun to talk about how did the safety field find you, or how did you find it? So how many years have you been at this gig? I've been doing this for 36 years now, and I think particularly back then... People did find the field accidentally. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really pleased that currently, you know, there's there's some younger folks that work for me now that that they specifically went for a degree program to qualify them to do the work. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not sure how much that existed 36 years ago. Right. So so what I actually was was a um, a plant and facilities engineer. Okay. And I I held that job for. Um, Got a, got a really great offer. I worked for um, uh, an aerospace company down mm-hmm. in Eden Prairie. and mm-hmm. got. But a year after I joined them, I got caught up in their first layoff ever. Mm. I, I still like to think that that was, you know, last in, first out kind of a, 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 <laughs> a choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I reentered the job market, yeah. um, it was w- as a field engineer for American Mutual. Mm. And at the time, American Mutual was like the only company that wrote unsupported workers' compensation, which is which only means that they didn't write any other lines. Okay. And Or maybe they were one of the only companies that would write work comp without anything else in Minnesota. Okay. And um, um, got some great training by a, a good group of guys, and, and I would consider one of my safety mentors, uh, um, Mike, Mike Hannafin. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, did that for a few years, mm-hmm. and, and, and really got tired of kind of going from doorstep to doorstep to all the customers to the customers just Mm -hmm. trying to you know tweak or push them in the right direction and then being disappointed the next time I showed up that they really hadn't hadn't accomplished much or changed at all so you were doing like safety audits and were you maybe doing training with them and like steering them in a direction like this is here's where your gaps are is that what the job was with well i think i think the the job at that time was more of the eyes and ears of the underwriting department to okay. assess the risk yeah um i you know i i was probably 20 
three or four yeah. at the time. Uh -huh. So, you know, I'm not sure I was the most credible guy to come in and do training for the groups. Although, and, and, and quite frankly, I didn't do it much. But, mm -hmm. but um, you know, had enough of a knowledge base to assess whether they were a good risk or not. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was a pretty heady job for a young kid because, right. you know, you, you could make a recommendation that would either make them a non-renewal can candidate mm -hmm. or if they were really awful, and that, that rarely occurred, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you could actually cancel their policy. Sure. And you were impacting their premiums, too, with based on, I, I suppose, the assessments that you were doing. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in, yeah. Yeah. In, in, yeah. In the long view. Yeah. For sure. So that was kind of your foray into safety. Working in, in workers' compensation. Yeah, and it was insurance. excellent. And yeah. it was an excellent company. They did a they did a lot of development with us, and it yeah. was the yeah it was the basis of all my safety knowledge. Yeah, I bet you I bet you learned a lot about hazard recognition skills just having gone like you said so many doors that you went through, so many places that you went. Sure, you like saw a lot. yeah, metal fabricating and yeah, um, um, uh, yeah just the variety of exposures. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's it's true now. Uh, you know, I'm jumping ahead to my my current position but you know with a variety of clients that we have yeah. um get exposed to a lot of different operations yeah, yeah. so yeah. so that's cool yeah. um so yeah and so after after doing that for a couple of years and getting frustrated with the inability to you know impact much of a change mm -hmm. um uh, went to red owl food stores okay and, and stayed there until um they were purchased by super value i remember that um and and then spent uh next segment of my career as safety director for uh, Waldorf Corporation, which was hmm. kind of a, a, a legacy of the, the Horner Waldorf organization, and eventually, and they, they still make paper down in the Midway area of St. Paul. Wow. I mean, that's a lot. If grocery From a grocery store to a uh, uh, paper mill, that's a big, that's a lot of different hazards. That's interesting. Well, when you challenge me on that, yeah, you're right. It's, it is. I mean, that's a big... Yeah, from a retail space, and grocery does absolutely have legitimate hazards, and uh, paper processing certainly a different, a different scope of hazards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's big, heavy machinery, and yeah. and the potential for, uh, you know, significant loss is yeah. is pretty great, and yeah. live steam, and and heavy rotating equipment, and mm -hmm. um, massive uh, lockout tagout emphasis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but but inherited some cool things from kind of the Horner Waldorf, you know, legacy, and, yeah. and you know we just some, uh, did some cool things there, mm -hmm. and um, it was a good experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of printing operations there, mm -hmm. um, and then I tried my hand at consulting for a while. Okay, and I won't mention that company's name because you know in the end I you know I, it was at a period of my life where I thought, hey, I can take on anything. Yeah. And, and you know, and part of my role was, you know, I had to remain chargeable, but I also had to recruit enough business mm -hmm. and uh, discovered maybe I'm not the world's greatest marketing person. I had that same discovery. One of my jobs was with, um, my, the shortest job I ever had in safety was um, working for a um, customized training department out of a, out of a technical college. And I was to to sell my safety services and deliver on training. And I thought, well, I love doing training. This is going to be easy. But then when I figured out I had to, like, drum up my own business, I'm quickly like, 
I don't think the sales life is for me. That's 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 a talent set that I don't possess. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And, mm-hmm. and and to me, it was almost like two full time jobs. And yeah, and I, and I wasn't good at one of them, yeah. so it wasn't a really good fit. Yeah. And uh, and then I, you know, I. The only job I ever got by answering a newspaper ad was the current one with with Hunt, oh. and that's made up really the if you well, if you count years, it's made up the bulk of my safety career now, wow. and um, really blessed to have fallen in with a company with um, really all the top management support you'd want, and, yeah. and and I think even some of those managers would currently argue that fact, but the, mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is, yeah. You know, I've I've got a great. I hope I have a great reputation in the Twin Cities safety and health community, mm-hmm. um, and and while part of that is is hopefully my doing, part of it is you know I, I feel bad for professionals who get, who get in situations where they really don't have the support that they need to succeed, mm-hmm. and and by and large I have at at, at Hunt and mm-hmm. we've accomplished some really cool things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, for people who aren't familiar with um, uh, with Hunt. Um, we, you know, when you hear electrical, people maybe think of lots of different things than an electrical corporation would do. But what's the kind of the thirty thousand foot view of what what Hunt does? Well, I, I, you know, it, it's it's evolving. So I, I yeah, oh okay. Uh, I mean, but I mean, a, a large part commercial, large commercial construction. Okay. Um, you and I d- joked about it, you know, when my friends know that I work for an electrical contractor and they want an outlet installed at their house, they go, hey, could one of your guys come over? And it's like, no, it's not that kind of electrical contractor. Yeah. Um, and we work on, you know, enterprise data centers um, mm-hmm. and hospitals and, mm-hmm. and we work for our local clients nationally and we also have... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a, you know, really strong group of, of national clients that we yeah. perform work for. So the bulk of your work is, if we're talking OSHA compliance um, for a second here, is it primarily construction, the, the construction safety, or do you cross into the general industry with the work your employees do as well? Um, the, the, that's, also, that's also evolving. Yeah, um, okay. You know, because the bulk of it was construction for years, yeah. um, but our service group has gotten larger and larger. And, yeah. and those are the folks who might go to, a, you know, yeah. our, you know, our customer base is a bunch of Fortune Fortune 500 companies sure. uh, um, around the Twin Cities, and the guys will show up in a job truck. And, you know, those loan workers present some interesting challenges mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Of, the, of their own. Right, right, uh, right. To, to say nothing of the vehicle hazards, because... Yep. Yeah, um, I, I think our roads aren't getting any safer. Yeah. They're getting worse and worse. Yes. So the scope of your work is broad by way of exposures that your employees can have. And you said the company keeps evolving. So I'm guessing the safety department um, has evolved over time as well. So when you started, were you the lone safety person? Then you grew a team, or how did that part happen? I, w- I was the very first uh, full-time safety person that Hunt had. Mm-hmm. Um, I was preceded by a project manager who held the role as a um, as a part-time title. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, I was by myself for about nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, joined by Diana Nelson, I think nine or ten years later mm-hmm. and she's been an absolute rock star and, mm-hmm. a, and, and an awesome partner and mm-hmm. um, we we've, we've added we've added to, we've continued to add to staff and mm-hmm. we've probably I'm embarrassed to say I, I don't know the count off the top of my head uh-huh. but probably 10 or 11 um, safety people working for us right now yeah. um, a, a good portion of them working on a really large uh, data project that we have going on yeah. um, 
in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> and really great young people too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I, so it's it's been fun. Yes, um, you've had an opportunity to mentor mentor people as as your career has progressed. Um, well, we try our best. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh well, it sounds like an ev- an uh, evolving career all these years, Tom. Um, it's 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 been super fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not over yet. We're doing some really right. cool things right now. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, kind of the buzzword this week for um, some of your other guests. Yeah. Um, we're we're act- you know creating an actively caring environment, mm-hmm. and. Um, we have been engaged in working with a local PT firm um, that's been doing outstanding work for us. PT uh, meaning physical therapy. Physically, th- physical therapy. Yeah. And it was born out of um, putting solar gardens together. And solar garden work is basically, you know, uh, a farmer gives up his, uh, you know, per- someone procures a muddy cornfield mm-hmm. that's basically unfarmable okay. um, from a farmer, and then they put up, you know, a one to five to sometimes even larger uh meg solar installation and it's and um it's highly repetitive work um we're really challenged kind of our first season of solar work because Mm -hmm. we we got hit up with a a lot of sprain and strain injuries that Mm -hmm. that we didn't anticipate and it was kind of it's kind of it was it was an issue it was blowing up our trir yeah and um engage the services of um i'll give them a little bit of a shout out on site solutions and they helped us uh, in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and they're the physical therapy group. That's the physical yeah. ther- therapy group. Mm-hmm. And we really we did three things, and I think um, two of them aren't aren't too avant garde. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they helped us with, with a stretching program. They helped us uh, with you know ergonomic risk assessment training for our field leadership um but some of the really cool things that we've done with them are is 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 they'll go out and help us lead stretching in the morning Mm -hmm. hang out on the job site for a little bit to see if you know anybody wants an individual consult for you know any um aches or pains pains they may be having and then the super fun part is just walking the job site and it's so easy to catch somebody who's doing a little bit of a stretch that might indicate they're a little bit sore or yeah. something and just diving into that and say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, what, what, what's going on there? Is there mm-hmm. anything we could help? And you can introduce the physical therapist. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's an early intervention model that's been really fun. Mm-hmm. And it's been really grounding for me, too, because with all the stuff that we get involved in, sometimes you forget that you got involved in safety because you, you really like to help people. Yeah. And, and, and so it's been really ground, uh-huh. grounding in that way uh-huh. for me. And that's kind of like, like closing the loop to this whole actively caring theme that, yeah. that you guys have had going yeah, on right, the podcast right, right. this week. Yeah, and, you know, the partnership with physical therapy and safety, you know, for anyone who's listening who is like, hmm, I hadn't thought about that before, that it could be a partnership, or how would that work? I've done the same thing in previous jobs as well, and it can be so powerful, not only for you to learn as a safety professional, particularly on that ergonomic stuff like you were talking about, not only for you, but you you said you cross-trained with your team as well to be able to identify things, but they can really be problem solvers and teachers to individuals as well. I know I, I had contracted with a physical therapist um, in a previous job that was in the turkey industry, not in a packing, not in a meat packing setting, but in a, in barns where employees were um, having to lift and handle and carry um, very large turkeys, you know, repetitive, repetitively. So, 
Um, and they were getting injuries like you might expect from um, shoulders and wrists and elbows. And because of some of the lifting and the um, things that they were doing with turkeys with regard to insemination and, um, and vaccination, that kind of thing. So brought in a physical therapist to watch the mechanics of how people did work. And they were able to say, hey, we can see we've got a shoulder impingement going on here every time you do this move with your with your elbow, you know, like higher than your shoulder, and then explaining to the employees, like, what does the inside of that structure of the shoulder look like, and here's the stress that's happening when we're doing that particular movement, and then how could we modify the work and put them in different positions so we're not impinging that shoulder all the time, and, you know, like wrist, you know, angles and how can we change some of that stuff and how we were doing things. And, you know, their eyes just bring a different set along with their background and training to be able to explain it not only to us so that we can keep explaining it to people going forward, but to the employees, too, to go, oh, yeah, I do have that pain in my neck. Or I do have that pain in my shoulder so that we could move around that not only for them to understand, but them to then agree to try something different. And I think that's really uh, a powerful partnership with safety. And, and you know, and I don't want to overstate kind of the, it's important that the safety team was part of that training, but I, I don't want to overstate that because what was really important is that our field leaders, field leadership was, yeah. were, were there. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I, and I hope they're doing as much with that as I, I you know, as I had hoped because yeah. they're the real process specialist. Mm-hmm. You know, they've performed the work their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've evolved to the point where, you know they've they've been elevated in the organization, so they're now supervising the work, yeah. and and so there are process experts, yeah. and to give them that that knowledge base, mm-hmm. um, I, hopefully will yield some significant mm-hmm. improvements, mm-hmm. or or allow them to consider some of the ergonomic aspects yeah. as they engage in new and different work and new and different yeah. methods of doing the work, yeah. and and it's kind of it's it's. It's what we're getting into now is just process improvement in general, and mm-hmm. it's really important for safety to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I know that when we've spoken in the past, you've um, you've talked about some, if we're going to go theory just for a second on safety, uh, one of the people that you've paid attention to is Conklin and some of the theories on safety with that. Do you want to talk about like how you've applied some of that knowledge with your with your path as it's evolved I, well and i don't i it's disappointing to admit that i don't know if you know it's it's that i've applied it or that i wish to apply it yeah um you know you know we talked about kind of engaging with the physical therapists on yeah. site and all the all the great work that they're doing for us and it's had a really significant impact in in reducing our trir and mm-hmm. and i feel a lot of us as safety professionals get preoccupied with kind of like yeah but you know that 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 all-important lagging indicator and Mm, and mm -hmm. you know everyone everyone you know everyone around here talks at a safety show everyone's talking about leading indicators Mm -hmm. but all the customers on qualifications and pre-quals and things like that Mm -hmm. they they want to want they want to know what those lagging indicator numbers are Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of i think there's a lot of pressure um to reduce those numbers um our our, you know our our efforts with on-site have 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 really helped in that regard But the cautionary tale I have is that you can't lose sight of the the serious hazards that yeah. that 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 your company faces, mm-hmm. and for us that's always electrical. Yeah. And and in fact, you know, we had a um, a, a pretty um, significant grounding incident, which kind of r- helped us regain that focus. Yeah. This summer, 
and I and I can't get can't get into that here, but um, that's what gets me into you know. Conklin has some theories about you know work is imagined versus work is actually performed. Mm, and, yeah. Talk and, more about that in case somebody listening doesn't know about that. Well, I, you know, and work is imagined is just you know mm. your corporate policy, mm-hmm. um, your um, you know management directives, not necessarily just in safety, but certainly in safety and, yeah. and, and in all regards, it's how management states that they'd like to perform work the work performed and what their expectations are. And, and in, you know, one of Todd's books, I can't quote it mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. you know, he just talks about, well, but then there's work as discovered and that, mm. that infrequently people are performing work as imagined. And most often they're, they're, there's some variation, there's some adaptation they have to do. Yeah. And um, particularly for the electrical work, we have to maintain our corporate standards, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think what's informative about the concept of work as discovered mm-hmm. is to make certain that we're offering, we're, we're providing the education that they need to protect themselves as they perform work that yeah. that isn't evolving a, as as imagined mm-hmm. by 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 management, by management. and, and right. by safety. Yeah. Right. Um, so that they can continue to keep themselves safe if things aren't aren't following the linear path that we as safety professionals think it's supposed to be like this because it's discovered as the work happens, right? right? Is the point? Yeah. Well, and and you know, and the the, the theory is fascinating. I think it's you know it, it's a relatively simple theory, but mm-hmm. in but in practice, it touches you know it touches on culture. Yeah. It touches you and I talked about. Um, the integrity of your process and your people, and I and yeah. I, I got to be careful. Yeah, I got to be careful about how I state that because I, I think some hunt people will be listening to this eventually. <laughs> yeah, but, right. But um, it's it's just does it does the organization have the integrity so that people can let safety and let management know. I know you guys say do it this way, but this is what's really happening yes, out in the right, field. Right. Because if we don't know that that's happening in the field, we can't. We it, can't we, help we, them. We, we can't help them. Yeah. Um, or 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 and, add additional education or. Yeah. And, and, and it's and mm-hmm. it, it's at all levels. Yeah. Um, the you know the journeyman performing the the work, um, you know, just having the the there's a variety of reasons that they don't want to tell their foreman, hey, this is unsafe, I don't want to do it, yeah. um, because I think most of it, most of them perceive it you know, as, a, as a means to the top of the layoff list, and sure. we don't tell them that, they yeah. internalize that, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's a, to me, that's a type of integrity, yeah. um, and then, you know, foreman to management or to the safety group, letting them know how it really is, so yeah. that we can really address how things really are, yeah. um, and then, you know, and management, and then just the integrity of management and even safety management um, that you're not lying to yourself mm-hmm. about how great you really are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've been really fortunate that we've developed a really great reputation, and I would, mm-hmm. sa- I would safely say that, that safety has become part of Hunt's brand. Yeah. And, but, you know, as the, um, you know, as a safety director, I, I always have to caution people that, hey, we're, we're, I'm concerned that we're not as good as our reputation, and well, we need to keep and, working that. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's an accurate thing for any safety professional to say, right? Because it's not like you work and arrive somewhere and then you're done. You know, it's not like 
you've done all this work all these years at, at Hunt, um, and now it's like, oh, check, we're good, we're going to hit cruise, you know? Like, it doesn't work that way with safety. And I think, that, I think that's what you're getting at, is that it's evolving just like, you know, just like our professions and our occupation and our job path and everything else and what you've done with the, with the safety um, department that you have at, at Hunt. It's not you. You haven't arrived, and the work is finished. It's never done, and so it's how does that? Done, yeah. How does that evolution continue um, as the as the company continues to grow and progress, and the work changes, and humanity changes, and we get new employees in, and how, you know how does that how does that work? Yeah, how do you keep it, your eye on the ball. Yeah, and you have to appeal to a, a new younger set of you know it's yeah. the, the generational differences and, and it, yeah different um, skill sets and understandings. And, and so, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, you're talking, essentially, someone might call it culture, right? We might call it the culture of the safety at, at a particular company or location or with a group of individuals or with their supervisor or something like that. And so, you know, how do you, how do you build what you're calling integrity so that people feel uh, safe top to bottom uh, throughout the company to be able to... Um, speak their truth right and right. to talk and to share with to share with you so that you can be helpful and it, but it's really part of culture and maybe yeah. integrity was the wrong way to look at it mm-hmm. and and really kind of this grounding that grounding that i spoke of just has kind of um reinvigorated me that i, th- I think you got to be really diligent about a way to a measure your culture and a willingness to kind of take the steps to remediate your culture yeah. and those are um so how are you looking at doing that now well, I mean, I, is, the, is that, that what you're trying that, to discover? That's that's really our kind of our next. I next. I think it's our next thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, in in kind of response to you know events of the summer. Yeah. Um, that we have to understand where we're at, mm-hmm. and you know, unfortunately, we're moving that direction um, in terms of kind of engaging employees more and yeah. and you know over not just safety but throughout the organization. Mm-hmm. You know, for, you know, safety, quality, productivity. Yeah. Um, all the way around so um i i i think you know moving forward it's it's the, the organization is going to be more receptive to it mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so that, that's kind of the next big thing that that yeah i'm i'm i want to challenge the organization to do we'll get back we'll get together some other later date and i'll let you know how i know comes. isn't that fabulous i mean it really is i mean our work I, that is that is the nature of safety i mean it is always it's never stagnant, and I think that's what keeps so many of us at this for so many years. You know, and, and I mean, a lot of people have a lot of jobs and professions for a long time, but I think safety people, when you talk with them, they're always talking about the next thing. They're not like, eh, we're doing the same old, same old thing. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're interested in taking care of, of people, which by and large, that's what our profession is. We care about people and humanity. That we're always, we're always looking. We're always looking to improve things. In fact, um, that's kind of one of the ways that our, you and I, our paths met uh, cross. Uh, we didn't know it, but our paths did cross at one point um, professionally. can tell our audience a little bit about <laughs> the, <laughs> an the, unintentional the, way the, that our paths crossed. The, the Minnesota OSHA Mobile Earth Moving Equipment Standard, you mean? Yes, oh, yes. Okay. So, so, so I co-authored this, uh, this law back in, I think it was approved by the legislature in 1999 in the operation of mobile earth moving equipment that I co-authored with my co-worker at the time, Norm. And uh, it was in response to um, deaths that I was investigating when I was with OSHA, people being... Um, 
uh, ran over by mobile earth moving equipment, not in a roadway, but in other work uh, settings. So co-authored this law. And um, many years later, Tom, it was many years later, I was, I was looking at the law again because I was writing a presentation about it. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's a new piece to this law. How, I don't think, I don't remember writing this one little section to this piece. What happened and, to the and, law? And, and, and then you and I met somewhere. Yep. And um, it turns out. Yeah, that was a... You added that. (laughs) Well, it was was just a... You know, I responded to a comment period, and I said, hey, we should address, you know, you're going to require high-visibility garments, and we should address the fact that electricians, if they're engaged in, you know, uh, electrical work, shouldn't be wearing a synthetic garment. They need to be fire-rated. And and basically, it was language associated with, with, um, well... NFPA 70E wasn't such a big thing back then, but um, but it basically addressed, you know, the the non-FR nature of a high visibility vest and yeah. how and and that there should be an exception carved out for electricians. Yeah, and that got included in the law. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I even knew that it was included in the law. I was I think I might have been su- as surprised as you were that I <laughs> I was reading I was reading the OSHA rules one day and I was like. Hey, I wrote that. You did, yeah. <laughs> it's like maybe a sentence and a half long or something, yeah, but, but, it was, but, but, but it was but mine. It's there and it's yours. <laughs> so, so for anyone who's listening who's like, wait a minute, you can write safety laws? The answer is yes, yes you, you can. can. Yes, you can. And you can amend them, as Tom did, and it was a great amendment. So thank you for that addition. <laughs> sure. We, <laughs> it was well, good. Yeah, and you, were, well, and you and I were talking earlier about, you know, mm-hmm. other and, – and, you enjoyed that, that that's part of our shared legacy, yeah. but, but um, you know, another kind of geeky, lex, you know, safety guy legacy that, I, yeah. that I'm that actually kind of proud of. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, in fact, at the end of the week, we're going to be getting together with uh, the Federated Electrical Contractor Group. And it's a group of, you know, it's basically an industry association of our own choosing. Here in San Diego. Here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get together. We get together a couple times uh, a year for f- a few days mm-hmm. um, or, or just to benchmark on safety. Yeah. And, um you know, years ago, early in my years at Hunt, I had written this um, live work authorization, you know, form. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were just benchmarking on, hey, what, what, what do your forms look like today? And could everyone bring it? You know, it was one of the, it was one of the agenda items. Hey, bring a copy of your live work authorization so that we can just see what everybody's doing with mm-hmm. this and, and how are you collecting the information you need to do the proper, you know, risk assessment for, mm-hmm. for you know, authorized live energized work mm-hmm. and um as they started passing everybody's everybody started passing their forms around mm-hmm. and um a majority of the majority of the um companies had basically a variant of the form that i had written so that's a really <laughs> weird legacy of mine that in that, the way back uh-huh. it, yeah that a lot of the large electrical contractors around the country are using some variant of a live work mm-hmm. authorization that form that that i wrote that's a cool so, legacy yeah, kind of. It kinda, is a cool kinda, legacy. Kind of geeky, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hello. We are in the nerddom. It's <laughs> for sure. So you mentioned, so you're part of this feder, uh, federated electrical group. Um, and that's a good thing to mention for other safety professionals who are maybe starting out and listening. Uh, you know, many of us belong to organizations uh, like, you know, we're here at NSC or we belong to ASSP or we're part of BCSP, something like that. But then within industry groups, there's safety, there's safety things as well. So this is one of them for you. 
Are there are there others that you're part of too? That crossover in industry for you? Um, you know, no. no this is the main one for yeah. electrical, and it's yeah. it's it's a it's a really amazing group. Um, I mean, it's you know we we joke that you know it's benchmarking, but it's part therapy because we all deal with the same sure. challenges. Yeah, right. And and. Um, you know, so part therapy, therapy, commiseration, and then and then benchmarking, yeah, and shared, par- share. shared practices, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know when you know within the group and yeah. within, I mean, it's it's large electrical contractors from all over the country, mm-hmm. so we're we're by and large the safety leaders, and so you know if if something happens or if a new process is developed, uh, that's shared at those meetings, yeah. so we can all benefit from it. Right, right, and. You know, this is just a group of people that we would partner with as we perform work around the country, mm-hmm. and generally wouldn't compete mm-hmm. with. Yeah, right. So, um, like I said, it was a it's an industry. It wasn't an industry. It's an industry association of our own choosing, but it was its its genesis wasn't based in safety. In fact, safety came, you know, a little bit later. later. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah. Um, but yes. it, it actually, actually, I was one of, you know, I think three, a handful of safety professionals that made a pitch to the ownership group that, you know, the safety should be sa- safe, safety people should be getting together a couple mm-hmm. times a mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's important for us to be benchmarking in this yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners who are maybe starting out in their careers, they can, you know, be, be searching for those things and asking those questions. Or creating them. Oh, exactly. Or creating them or asking if an organization, you know, exists. That um, safety should have a have a seat at that table, like you said. I know that, you know, I was part of uh, U.S. Poultry and Egg, which sounds kind of funny, but safety committee for the nation, mm-hmm. um, and that was really specific specific to the group as well. I have another friend who I know is part of one for um, the zoo and aquarium industry that's specific to that. I have another friend who's part of an organization just for sugar beets, and, and so they're there. And so think about, you know, what is it that my company does? And, uh, you know, is there a place that I can find like-minded people in safety specific to my industry? I think that's a good tip for people. Well, and I hope it still exists, but back in my, you know, pulp paper days, um, there there was a Minnesota Pulp and Paper Safety Association, Mm -hmm. and it was just all the safety directors for all the mills around Minnesota, uh, primarily in northern Minnesota. I think I was the only one in the metro area. Sure. Um, And we'd visit each other's mills periodically, and, and, you know, we'd take turns hosting meetings and, and, and benchmark. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, so Tom, since you've been at this a while, when you need to do your own research, um, where, do, where are the places that you normally go for people who are listening who are maybe like, you know, when you're trying to do your own continuing education or when you get stumped on something, um, obviously you can go to this group that you're talking about now uh, for your, with your cohorts, but are there other sources that you routinely uh, go to? I, I You know, I... I'll be honest, and I'll have to say I lean on some of the young geniuses that that that, that work at work in our safety department at Hunt. Yeah. Um, and and they're, you know, you know, I, 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 I mean, two things happen, and and I'm always interested in how people solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, networking is really important. Yeah. It's 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 important to understand how different organizations meet certain either compliance or safety issues Mm -hmm. um but i always want there to be a basis in the in the standard to make certain that that you know we're we're meeting those requirements um and and so yeah i i i mean most of what we do kind of 
we just make certain that we have a sound basis and we're covering all and covering all the necessary requirements yep. but for a large part we've got a pretty talented group yeah and and we chart our own course mm-hmm. i mean we check in with others and we right. and we network among yeah. other safety professionals yeah. you know not just in you know elect, among electrical contractors but even in the mm-hmm. twin cities safety and health community mm-hmm. which i happen to think in the, the, the twin cities construction safety and health community is is special and i could mm-hmm. name a number of people and a number mm-hmm. of really outstanding firms general contractors mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. other trade partners mm-hmm. that you know it's you know um they, they, we keep each other sharp. Yeah. You know, it's not that you know we're infallible, but yeah. um, I, I, I think we have something special going right. um, up in the upper Midwest. Right, right. Yeah. So it's you're talking about this. You've been talking about an, an evolution of career and an evolution of, of the way that you practice safety. And you know, I think you I think you said it um, really well. Like you use the standards as that as that baseline because, as we all know, that's the minimum. And so then you you take it to your team, and we're like, okay, if we've met the minimum now, how do we evolve this to be better than to be yeah right and more protective and and uh, what do you know what what's everybody else doing in industry and how can we share and learn together? Yeah, so important, so important. Yeah, so before we wrap up our time today, is there anything that you would like to um, share with uh, 36 years into it? Do you have any uh, <laughs> sage, uh, did, sage did, did, pieces did, of did, advice? Did, did I offer that or did you come up with that? I, I, I came up with that. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm still learning too. <laughs> but, uh, no, the only, the only thing about having done safety work for 36 years is I, 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 I am particularly energized by... Um, actually, everybody I work with, and uh, Diana would be really disappointed that I don't include her in the group of young people that work for us <laughs> anymore, and I'll probably hear about this for saying uh-huh. it, uh-huh. Um, but I'm particularly energized by working with those guys, but occasionally um, I, I take a step back and mm-hmm. I said, wow, I, wow, I've been doing safety work for longer than any of you have been alive, mm-hmm. and that's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's um, yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, I it's mean, even, even my mother. My mother's 94 years old uh-huh. and cantankerous as ever. Uh-huh. And, you know, and when we, we talk about age, we both, you know, um, our, 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 our fallback is, I don't know how this happened. You know, mm-hmm. speaking of age, yeah. I, I don't know how this happened to me. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like an old person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and like my mother says, she just feels like she's a... Eighteen-year-old uh, trapped in this ninety-four-year-old body. Ninety-four-year-old body, <laughs> and, and, and she behaves that way too. Uh-huh. So, um, um, so that's cool. So that's where you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Tom, thank you so much for sharing your career and your story and wise words with the audience today. I really appreciate it. And and really, thank you for evolving uh, the way you have um, to help hunt be a leader. Um, as they as they are and continue to be in safety. Okay. Well, and appreciate the invite to do this. This has been fun. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you all for spending your time listening today. And more importantly, thank you for your contribution, making sure your workers, including your temporary workers, make it home safe every day. If you'd like to join the conversation about this episode or any of our episodes, follow our page and join the Accidental Safety Pro community group 
on Facebook. If you aren't subscribed and you'd like to hear past or future episodes, you can subscribe in iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast player that you'd like. You can also find all the episodes at vividlearningsystems.com slash podcast. We'd love it if you could leave us a rating and review us on iTunes. It really helps connect more and more of us safety professionals to be able to share and hear one another's stories. If you have a suggestion for a guest, including if it's you, please contact me at social at vividlearningsystems.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.